Okay, and three, two, one. All right, welcome back to the Shop Store Podcast, everyone. We uh, don't have a guest this week. It's just going to be the three of us having a chat. But uh, next week we are planning on, or next episode, we are planning on getting a guest in. So I think a, yes. a, fi- a final guest of the series, right? Mm. Yeah, that's right. It'll be be the last guest of the series. Um, but I guess this has kind of worked out quite well because the last time we talked, it was a bit of a sad episode. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um, but uh, Joey, you've said that you may have some good news. Well, yeah. I mean, so you text me a message message me the other day, like three days ago or something. And said, how's your work? And I was like, well, I'm officially jobless, like zero work on the books, uh, which was, you know, is not great. Um, So while work uh, queries and stuff are still completely dead, I have got a big ass job to do. So that is good. I had a client see me about over a year ago regarding a, a new house build they were looking at getting a plywood kitchen and a couple of bits and pieces. That's now almost built. They're just about to put the roof on and they want to start the ball rolling. And it's not just a kitchen, it's every other conceivable cabinet in the house. So nice one. I'm starting that now because I've got gazillions of cabinets and cabinets and freestanding furniture they want all sorts of stuff made so um fantastic that's good that's going to keep me going till christmas at least um hopefully and then straight into the curved steer job which the lady's Mm. biting at the bit to get cracking into she wants me to do her kitchen as well so she wants me to to crack on with the stairs i think and get them kind of down a dusted sitting somewhere so I can then concentrate on her kitchen. Um, but that can't quite happen yet because the builder hasn't even started in uh, renovating the, the whole place. So, um, so, so going, going back to the, the first kitchen uh, or yes. the, 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 the whole house fit out. Yeah. So would they, have they paid deposits? Yes. For some parts already. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've just spent yeah, the last so two days just that, drawing pictures. coming in. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't like to to take drawings out of deposits with until I start buying materials up. But um, I probably will start sneaking some money to try and buy some groceries. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is, it is great. Like, I mean, we we say when we get quiet, you know, it obviously it's a bit nervy around how you, how you afford to live, how you pay your overheads and things. But it is one of the advantages of being small. Like it literally mm. just takes one job just to spark things again. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. You're busy again, man. So it's good for me, and I'm glad. Um, and I've um, you'll be proud of me that I've had a upfront and frank talk to the client about storage. Good and, work. <laughs> um, we're probably going to rent a shipping container and put it next to my workshop. We've got plenty of space for that, so that will start filling up. And then I can have more space in the workshop, which is what I'll need. So that's what is that? Pretty good. What is what does that run you renting a container? Well, I'm not going to be paying for it, but it's actually pretty good. It, so one company is saying about um, 160 dollars a month, and wow, the that's other companies do it. 
Yeah, and the other companies are selling it by the day, which is slightly cheaper at about $4.50 a day. Whoa, that's hmm. really cheap. Yeah, but so the, that company has a much more expensive delivery and removal fee. Right. And then the the monthly fee company has a much more acceptable uh, removal delivery fee up front um, of about kind of $800 a trip to have the truck come out and drop off the, the container. So that seems actually pretty bloody affordable. Yeah. Um, mm. And even as a an overflow long term, I'm thinking about just keeping the container. It seems like a good idea at, say, $4.50 a day is pretty affordable. Um, Would you buy one? Considering it, but good good ones that aren't rust buckets, yeah. uh, four to eight grand. Yeah. And so initially I don't have that capital, but yeah. potentially, yeah. 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 Be good if there was a lease to buy kind of company on them. Mm. What's that? It'd be good if there was a lease to buy, you know, you kind of lease it and Yeah, that would be ideal. Mm. Um, They may do that. I I didn't look fully through their websites, but um, so that's a pretty good solution for storage. Um, And getting back to the work part of the conversation, I'm uh, I'm glad that I've got the work. It's a bit of a relief for me for the future. It's interesting that... Um, so I'm lucky, I guess, in that sense. I've got work coming in for the family. To generally, the industry is still very much slowing down. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of reading and, and research. Um, certainly in the North Island, I think these numbers probably um, apply more than countrywide, but typically building consents are down 20% from this time last year, which is a decent number. Um What's more interesting, and there's not hard numbers on this part of it, but because of the cost of, well, for a start, for the last year, there's, or plus, there's been this massive building boom. And so builders had been lining up jobs in a queue. And so there might have been two, three, four years wait lists waiting in line for your builder to be ready. During that time, the cost of building has just gone up and up and up. And the government's processes and regulations don't help. The fees are becoming more expensive to to go through with some of the building projects. So while people have spent money on consents and they may they may have them, more and more of pre-consented jobs have been cancelled in while they're in the waiting list. So builders' uh, pipelines of work have suddenly been halved or completely wiped out by the fact that investors or anyone deciding to build, have uh, they're starting to pull the plug and say, it's not worth it right now, we'll wait and we'll kind of cut our loss on the design and council fees for now and look at the build later on. And so it's a weird, so, so while the builder consents are 20% down, but still okay, the actual amount of buildings being built and having the funds to be built is being diminished. And it's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about that, that people are even with consent still deciding to, to not even, Mm. even bother pushing forward with their work. Um, and so there's reports of large, I was reading, uh, one large 
builder has has said they're just being inundated with um, sub trades calling them looking for work builders plumbers painters mm. because they're all all running dry so it's uh, it's slightly concerning that generally there's not much happening right now so what you're saying is we're going to end up with a huge number of kiwi chippies coming over to to australia looking for work i wouldn't be surprised yeah <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the there's no downturn here yet it's still very yeah. very hard to get builders for jobs right I was going to say, but surely at some point we are going to we are going to follow suit. We have to. I mean, this yeah. can't you can't just keep growing forever. So it will happen here eventually. Well, you try chat to the Royal Bank of Australia. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> doesn't feel that way. Oh, yeah. it's just an absolute bubble. But anyway, let's try to keep it positive. Yes. Um, yeah, because it's it it is it is very interesting because you know for for all the the talk that we've had about. You know, since COVID, yeah. what's happening and how it's going? We always seem to come back to, oh, it's not been so bad. We haven't felt mm. anything. We haven't had that trickle down yet. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's going to take what you're talking about, Joe, for us to, you know, over in New Zealand, for us to, to as as furniture makers and kitchen installers, for us to start feeling that, or something like a native logging ban or something, something crazy <laughs> like that. You know, some. No, no one would do something as silly as that. Ah, sure. you never know. Some some <laughs> crackpot might come up with it. Yeah, we lost yes. our premier. Yeah. We lost our premier that uh, that um, came up with the plan last week. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Dan- Daniel Andrews resigned. So oh. I can I can hear listeners cheering already, but I don't know. <laughs> it's a shit job being a politician. Like any decision you make is going to upset someone. But but yeah, so. I don't think there's going to be any turn back from the native logging ban. I think there's an appeal going through the high courts at the minute, perhaps. Um, but yeah, we really need to get a proper interview going. Like I said, we'd sort of I'd spoken to, with some people. Some people are prepared to come on the pod and talk about it. Others can't for legal reasons. Um, mm. So yeah, I think uh, start of the next season, we really want to get get people lined up to talk about this because it's. It's just a real uncertainty here. So it's going to be, I think, June next year, I think, is when they're going to stop and we're going to switch to uh, importing everything from interstate and overseas. I was just going to ask, is there any possibility that you know of that things can be halted or reversed at this stage, given that politicians are coming and going? Or is it like a, a foregone so. conclusion? I think foregone conclusion. Because, I mean, it's still it's still the Labour Party in charge and it's mm. a deal that they made with the Greens as part of the kind of coalition government. <coughs> so, well, not coalition, but the preferences and all that sort of stuff that we have in Victoria. Uh, so, no, I can't, I can't see it being reversed. Um, so, what's, so I, I feel like the possibility of getting somebody to talk, to talk to us about it candidly might not happen until... Until it's, it's through, gone and passed, and it's through, and then we could have a retrospective look at it. But yeah, which might mm. be very well interesting from our point of view, but pointless in the fact that it's done. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, the, the the people will struggle to get on will be the people behind the policy because mm. they don't want to have to justify themselves at the minute. Um, mm. But yeah, I've got a few different. Uh, people involved in logging and timber salvage and all that kind of stuff that want to want to share their opinions on it. And they're yeah. mixed as well, you know. Not everybody's pro logging and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting 6 to 12 months ahead. 
and like material costs, material costs still keep spiraling. So I hadn't really considered. You just mentioned um, like timber salvage. Presumably, that is like the the lake, the deep lake water logs. Is that considered? Would that still be considered native logging? No, because the tree's already down. But that's in Tassie. So Tassie, (coughs) sorry, excuse me, Tassie. is considering a ban. So I think it's going to see how Victoria handles its ban and how it implements it and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, whether Tasmania halts everything or designated some forests for logging and protects other areas. Um, But no, trees that are already cut and can be salvaged, the same as like urban trees and things, anything that needs to be taken down for roads or housing or anything like that. Um can still be cut, but it's just about going into native forests and cutting native timbers. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to be fun, fun, fun. But, yeah, I nearly had my first experience with it. I, we've been talking about it lots, but that clover table that I'm doing for... I was yeah. just about to John ask Wardle. for an update. Yeah. So that four-month conversation about timber species and went round and round <laughs> and round and round. And last week he decided that he wanted to make it out of American oak. And I'm like, oh, oh Christ. Well, all oh, right. Really? I'm going to I'm gonna have to change all my branding about 100% Australian timbers. And I was like, a maybe. Big change. Yeah, yeah. So I, it, it, was, it was definitely. It left me a bit shocked. I'm like, oh, God, is this going to be me having to adapt to using imported timbers? Maybe I just pull the, pull the bandage mm. off it and just, just do it early. But, it's um, a moral conundrum in your case. As it is well, a moral yeah. conundrum, yeah, because I've. I've sort of fought the corner hard for Australian hardwoods and, and I still do not believe the rhetoric that you can bring hardwoods in from overseas with a smaller carbon footprint than in Australia. Yeah. Um, even regardless of the whole political thing about shifting our problem onto somebody else. Um, and I was like, I was feeling pretty down about it and sp- spoke to Lani a bit and she's like, no, you got to stay strong, you got to stay strong. And I was like, well, I'll see what I can... And then I got a quote for American Oak versus doing it out of Tasmanian oak. And the choice suddenly switched back to Tasmanian oak, and I'm like, yes, I fucked that. <laughs> That's an but interesting even- point. Yeah, like the price difference, I mean, what was it, like 20%, 30% no, more expensive? it was about 40% more. 40 But that's good. Yeah. That's what it should be. It, it, exactly, yes, it is. What do you think is going to happen then in a year <laughs> when everything's banned? How, I mean, how much? Yeah. I mean, imagine if, like... Brian, if you had to say to someone, yeah, I can make your star table map, but it's going to be 50% more expensive than the ones I make currently. How yeah. many do you think you're going to sell at that price point? I don't know. Um, no, I must reiterate that that's 40% based on the dimension stock size yeah. that I needed. So that you needed. Out yeah. of Tassie Oak, I was able to get two boards, whereas, oh, sorry, right. one, board, one board would make two of the um, pieces for the legs, whereas American Oak... It didn't quite fit based on my dimensions, um, mm. but it is still more expensive. So with larger pieces, you know, it's obviously going to affect it a lot more. Smaller things like star maps, the material costs low and the labor costs high. So probably won't change pricing much for that. But if you're doing a big, big boardroom table or dining table and you're adding 40% of the material costs, it is pretty substantial. Um, mm. But I even look back, like I always take photos in timber yards, you know, when I go in, especially if I'm comparing two timber yards just to see what stock lengths they've got and the price per meter. I'll just take a snap of the end and then go into my photos and just search for the suburb that the timber yard's in and it'll bring up. I was scrolling back right. to 2019 
and I saw black butt at like 135 by 32 mil for $16 a meter. And I'm like, what? $16. Whereas now that's... No, you think, that's don't like think you can get anything for 16 bucks a meter these 30, days. 35, 40 bucks a meter. Yeah. yeah. So, so what's going to what's gonna happen with Tassie Oak? I don't know. Are they going to see the the advantage of Victoria not having a timber supply and just mm. jack jack it up? What What do you think? So, because I think what I've seen mostly in Australia is that a lot of the timber comes dressed or skip planed or something. Is that Mo- correct? Most, a lot of it come yeah. at that like thirty two mil yeah. dressed. Most of it's dressed. So, yeah. So none of the American stock is going to come in like that. It's going to be straight up rough sawn wonkiness. Uh, it, unless unless it dep- Australian depends. mills are going to run it. It depends on the yards. Like some of the yards buy from resellers and then we'll get it dressed. So there's an extra... So like Urban Salvage have it well. dressed, whereas if you buy it from Matthews or one of the bigger timber yards, it'll come rough sawn. Yeah. yeah, so that increases the labor for you. It does as well. Like it's not it just the material cost. It's like suddenly you've got to actually work with straight up mill quality timber, and yep. it's it's a a lot more handling and and rough work. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it's a whole different. I've, I've just started working on the legs for the clover table and the difference in doing it in Tassie oak versus doing it in the leatherwood when I was working with a very, very limited supply and having to grade through to make sure the, f- right. the best pieces were the fronts of legs and stuff, whereas now it's just beautiful, clean, premium Tassie oak. It's so much quicker. Mm. Um, and what happened to the, uh, was it Blackwood that he was thinking that Black you, butt, you weren't yeah. so happy about? Black yeah, butt. he kind of abandoned that idea when I, when I showed him the checking. I was just nervous about how it would mm. CNC more than anything else. Whereas, mm. you know, Tassie Oak's the right level of hardness to it's gonna machine beautifully. So mm. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited mm. about that one again, having gone through a few different phases with it. Um so I'm just trying to get the leg stock dressed and, and laminated and then off to be CNC'd before it starts to get too warm in Melbourne. Mm. Um so we've got a nice yeah. temperate week uh, after a bit of warmth. So this is the week. And you're gonna be going to Chem for the CNCing? Yeah, Jam's going to do the CNC. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What was that, Joy? Do you anticipate the legs moving after they've been CNC'd? Because obviously you've got to it, store it them in your workshop. So it doesn't matter okay. if they move after they've been been CNC'd because right. I can clamp either. them and I can clamp them and glue them back to being square. But it's right, that I don't right, want right. them to move between me dressing them square and them being CNC'd because then. The curves won't yeah, right. won't match up, mm. and it just means more sanding. Like it's not, it's not the end of the earth, but yeah, trying to keep them as square as possible. Yeah, yeah. And and by the way, I'm, oh well, for there's no video obviously on our podcast, but you join me from my van studio again because the fucking Mobile builders studio. moved back in. I had two days of peace and quiet, and this morning when I was just getting ready to record the podcast, Bobcat comes in and starts beep beep. Beep, beep. I'm like, oh, you kidding me? So, yeah, you join me from a car park beside the burnt out shell of a BMW, oh, no. BMW M5, I think it is. I think it's an I'll M5. <laughs> yeah, uh, the western suburbs of Melbourne. Robin, yeah. no, I was going to uh, ask what you've been doing. I saw you've made a gigantic cutting board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to talk about this. This has been a 
has been an interesting uh, bit of a journey for me because, well, just to bring everyone up to speed. So with the markets coming up end of November, essentially everything I'm doing is making stuff for the markets. And I made this cutting board out of some of the, the timber that I have lying around. I found these stair treads on the side of the road a couple of weeks ago. And I put up a thing on Instagram to ask what people think the species is. And it, it was pretty much unanimous, either spotted gum or blackwood uh, based on the color. But either way, it's really nice timber. But because it was painted timber and it's obviously been outside, it's cracked, been painted, cracked. Well, you know, just it's minus checks yeah. and been painted. So I went to cut this and use this for the end grain and it was only once I'd rotated it, glued it all together, you know, put some, some liquid on it to see what it was going to come up. I saw these tiny hairline strips of the paint. I thought I'd got through it all, but I hadn't. Ah, bugger. <laughs> and because it's been rotated, it now mm. runs the, the depth of the, the board. So to get around the problem, I've put in, and I actually, Brian, you were, your star map tables came to mind first. I thought, let me go in and get some different size dowels and just knock those in. They're end grain, so they're going to move with the board. It's going to look, I guess, kind of cool. And I, I couldn't think of any other way of salvaging this. Yeah. So I put out to Instagram just to see if anyone had any other ideas, if anyone had any thoughts, you know, what they thought about it. And someone came back to me and said, well, what do you think about it? What do you, what's your opinion? Mm -hmm. And it's the first time that I've actually had, that I've, that I've been building a, a project like this and gone, well, it doesn't matter what I think. This has got to, all that counts is this has to sell. And it's one of the first projects where I've had to step back and go, I, it doesn't matter what I think. This is not for me. It's for, you know, a potent, potential buyer. So it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's changed the, 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 the way I work on projects now. Or this, this whole, these whole last couple of months have been speed. It's about going as quickly as I can, which again, I'm not used to that. I'm personal projects. You can take your time. And then, yeah, looking at it from a, a lens of what will broadly be accepted, not what do I like, and I'm going to try and push that onto people. You just you put it as a poll on Instagram, did you? Yeah, and it was unanimous that the, the dowels sucked. No one liked it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I... I don't mind them. I was just going to say, I like when I first saw it, I thought, oh, is that brass? And then I thought, oh, no, it's um, mm. dowels. And I thought, I didn't particularly like the color of the timber, but that is what it is. Is what it is, but, yeah. Um, I thought you could do something with it. And on that particular one, you had to put dowels where you had to put them, but you could actually make it. And I've never seen dowels in an ingrained cutting board like that. I've never, right. you know, I've seen I've seen waves and all sorts of checkers. You see whatever you like, but I've never seen someone, you know, drill through it and and make kind of round um, patterns in the in the square timber. I thought that was interesting, and you could probably make a feature of it in other boards and actually do like circles or you know basic patterns with different dowels, a bit like um, Brian does with the star tables. Mm. I thought and I thought it was not not a terrible idea. Oh well, I'm I'm glad to hear that because I was I was most offended. Well, no, not not <laughs> offended. I was most hurt 
in the deepest part of my soul when the people who follow me on Instagram tell me that I'm doing a shit job <laughs> on something. <laughs> took, took, took my ego a little, a couple of hours to get over. But no, but that's the thing is, as I, as I talked about in, in one of the stories about it, that's what I want to hear. So now I can price it accordingly. So it doesn't, yeah, right. it doesn't affect me personally. It's just how, how do I price this? The other thing you could do, Robin, would be to patch it with an end grain patch. Mm. So you know, you know, like uh, the tables that COC do. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that, and just do like a diagonal, like tilt off the axis of the end grain mm. laminations, and just put in like a I don't know how deep it has to be eight mil, ten mil, something like that patch, just epoxy it in. Yeah, yeah. The the the. Because I did think of that. I did think of doing that. The, the reason I didn't was just from a, how quickly can I resolve this? Yeah. Sort mm-hmm. of thing. Where is that? Yep. The other thing is you're getting into a lot finer work where the, the risk starts to increase and you could, you could stuff it up pretty quickly if you, know, if, if you don't get that. You've got to make the jigs and all of that, which is what I was trying to avoid. Um, I've also started doing something similar with hole saws. So if you get the correct combination of hole saws, you can actually drill out a hole and then use a hole saw to, saw to make a plug which fits into that hole yep. and you get a similar effect. But again, just that, that risk, it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I, I just want to get this finished and just call it a board and then I can move on to the next thing. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair enough. But I, I'm glad to hear you say that, Joe, because that was, I felt like it wasn't a bad idea. I also thought I've never seen this before. Why is no one... Done I mean, it's not that bad of an idea that no one would have done this before. So I'm no. glad to hear you say that. Well, I mean, what it would do is if you say only have one timber species available that wasn't pine or pine colored, um, you could put together a very simple, just square end grain cutting board and then use a series of dowels or whatever to make some kind of pattern. Even if it's just random dots, it might look quite... Um, abstract as well to have a series of dots from say one corner transfers to the other corner in a random mm. scattered way like it, it could be an easy way to make a pattern um and if you if you've just got one type of timber and you don't want to spend hours gluing different blocks together and rotating them or flipping them and cutting them and gluing them because the amount of work for some of those ingrained cutting boards is massive oh gosh um, you, uh, you're giving me ptsd even thinking about an ingrained board yeah um and plus just simple straight grain boards as well. I mean, you probably don't want to go throwing dowels around in there too much, but um, that's, that's the way to go as well. Mm. What would you guys, uh, uh, maybe this is too much of an open-ended question, but what would your, what would you charge for an end grain? Or maybe what would be the cheapest that you would charge for a basic end grain board? Obviously we're talking hundreds, but how many hundreds? So my boards were about 500. Mm. Start, I started selling them at about four, I think 440 is what I started. And I think they ended up at about 550 by the time I stopped making them. I haven't made any in a couple of years. So were they just so much labor? One, one timber species square nah, blocks? Or I, did them as, I did them as two species. So it's, it's yeah. I think I call them pixel boards. So like a blonde right. timber with a red timber and, and the right. red would just come in from one corner. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Mm. It's meant to look fairly random, but it's actually a pretty laid out strategic pattern that requires a lot of thinking about when you're doing your, your glue-ups. 
Yeah. I think that price-wise, they're worth all of that money. Yeah. I think that a customer at a market would be a bit shocked to see that price tag on it. Yeah. Yeah. That that kind of clientele is probably expecting to pay no more than a hundred dollars for a really pretty, um, even a really nice end grain cutting board because they just see it as something to cut their shit on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it looks nice and Nana might like it for Christmas. I think your I think your long grain boards are gonna sell far better for you. I think yeah. people the, would want something to for that Christmas and if it doesn't like this is how terrible I think how terrible society is, is that people would see it pre-Christmas and go, oh, this might look nice on Christmas Day, Christmas morning or whatever to have lunch and breakfast with. We can serve it out on the deck and then it will go in the cupboard for a year and maybe we never use it again. But yeah, it's going to be nice and new for this Christmas. I think that is probably the idea for the whole end of November market anyway. It's a yeah. pre-Christmas market, right? Yeah. yeah. So the Kmart mentality. Yeah. It's mostly people looking for the last-minute gift or something unique and special for some family member. Yeah. Um, what so my people? My, oh, sorry, you go. I was going to say people are willing to spend money on gifts, but nothing probably what it's actually worth labor-wise. My thinking for this is everything is – most of the stuff is around the $100 mark or less – but then there's going to be this one board that is hopefully yeah. going to have an emotional, someone's going to have an emotional connection with it. And they're going to be able to walk into my store and buy the most expensive thing in my store. So it's mm-hmm. really aimed at that person who, I don't know, they want to flex their, you know, their, their money or they just want something that's really unique and there's nothing else like it. And there will be one of them. Everything else will be around $100 or lower but there'll just be this one. I was thinking around 250, 300. And people are going to, 90% of people are going to walk past and say that's ridiculous. But maybe one person, maybe one person will, will say, yeah. Well, you're probably right. I mean, you are right because that's how you sell, sell anything. Because you, you need, you find the one person who's willing to do it. When you're mm. making products and then trying to sell it, that's what it's all about, right? Trying mm. to find that one or small group of people who are willing to pay what you need them to pay. Yeah. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. It's exciting. One, one little thing that did come out of this whole DAO endeavor is, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, made your own DAOs with the, with the jig? Oh, uh, yeah. I saw you with the, the pencil sharpener jig, yeah. yeah I haven't done that one, but pretty it neat. looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, I've nice never had little... to make more than like 50 mil of DAO. I don't know how long a pieces you were making, but... Um, yeah. I just use the technique where you have holes drilled through a steel plate and you just mm. smash it through and you end up with something that's vaguely round and crooked. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it's, a good, it's, a good, uh, it's a good little technique to have in your tool belt. Who I don't know if I'll ever use it again, but now essentially, yeah, and if you, if you can well, fit no, the stock in your truck... No, you've you got the jig as well. Like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I had, a, I had a fun delivery to Adelaide last week. Yeah, how oh, did yeah, that go? What the hell? I, I saw pictures. Uh, yeah, 1,500K in two days. Yeah. Is yeah. that because the shipping company refused to do it? or They didn't refuse was, to do it. Their quote was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, that bed usually costs about 500 bucks, 
500 to 700 bucks to send like up the east coast right um and the quote i got to adelaide because my normal couriers only do east coast they don't do across adelaide so the quotes i was getting was sort of two to two and a half grand mm. because they wouldn't take the bed head uh they wouldn't tilt it up they wanted it palleted Ugh. so you can't put anything on top of it so it takes up about you know a quarter of the truck yeah so i was like right fuck that it's going on the roof so just stuck the bed head <laughs> on the roof and put some podcasts on and drove for mm, nearly 20 hours so you didn't yeah. spend the night there i did yeah 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 okay. I stayed, actually okay. i randomly stayed with the clients so I was going to ask how this yeah. conversation went because they obviously must have appreciated that you were going to these events. Yeah, they were fantastic. So I just, I messaged them and I said, listen, I'm not happy with the career's cost. The real cost for me to deliver it to you in terms of my labor and petrol and all that kind of stuff would be about 1500 bucks. And I said, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you at about a grand. And if you guys are happy with that, I'll deliver it to you next week. And they said, not a problem at all. Sorry to put you out and... Um, just let us know what time you'll be, you'll be arriving and we'll have the guest bedroom made up and do you want dinner? Like, <laughs> I was just planning it. I was actually kind of looking forward to just staying a night in a crappy motel, you know, like yeah, yeah. child-free, child waking up to like a mini box of cornflakes and just going, oh, it's, it's so quiet. In, in your jocks, under the covers. Yeah. Oh, just, 100%. Just so relaxed. Yeah. Do not disturb thing on the on the door. I would not have been out of there until at least ten oh one in the morning, one minute after checkout. <laughs> yeah. um, but then when the clients offered, like I've got this real, I, I can't say, I can't say no to people. I've just got this yeah. like you know this yes theory of just if somebody offers something, you got to say yes and see what experiences you get out of it. And so I got there, assembled the bed. They made me an amazing dinner and we just stayed up all night talking about design and architecture and business and raising oh, kids. And, yeah, awesome. got to bed at about midnight, up at 6 a.m. Out of there. Yeah. Did you beautiful, sleep in the new bed? Beautiful house. No, no, no. I got their old <laughs> bed, but it was pretty comfy. Um, no, it was really, really nice. Um, beautiful part of the world. It was the Adelaide Hills, so just mm. the Melbourne side of Adelaide. Um May have looked at some real estate there as well. Just mm-hmm. just, yeah. just had a wee sniff. Um, and then drove back and just, yeah, tried to break the drive up. It's not the most exciting drive. It's called the the Wimmera. So it's like really, really flat. Like until right. you get to yeah. the Grampians, there's a salt lake and you cross the Murray and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice. Stopped in the Grampians for a walk and... And tried not to hit any kangaroos or emus on my way back. <laughs> so, so when you price that up, are you mm-hmm. pricing up the the cost for the drive, mm-hmm. or is, are you also including the the time because you're out of the workshop now? Yeah. So if period. it was if it was fifteen hundred bucks, which is what I calculated the cost at, it's my time out of the workshop plus plus petrol plus. Okay what two days rent in my workshop would cost. So there's no profit margin on or anything like that. By the time, if I included profit margin and depreciation on the car, like you'd be looking at around the two grand mark. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, the way I always see it is it's about relationship building as well. So I would hope that the fact that I went above and beyond for that client, the next time they need a piece of furniture, I'll be the person they think of or, you know, they'll tell their friends, oh, that's, that's Solos Bureau and he delivered it to me. 
Um, would, and hopefully that's where I get my value in in going the extra mile for them. Yeah. Would you do it again then with that in mind? Because it seems like a, a really cool way to get some time you know, yeah. away to see things, have a bit yeah. of an experience. So before kids, I used to do it quite a bit. So yeah. I've done, where have I done? I've done Canberra a couple of times. I've done Sydney maybe four times. I've done Adelaide before. Um, a few around rural Victoria. Considered doing the one to Gold Coast, but then just didn't work out with timing. So I'm fully open to it, but it is just timing it around, especially with kids, it's harder. Mm. But yeah. I would encourage more makers to do it, to do that relationship building and I just treat it like a holiday, you know? Like I've always loved driving, like I've driven, well, tried to drive the length of Africa and nearly made it. Driven across the States, driven around Australia. So road tripping has always been my thing. Like I don't really have a have an issue with sitting behind the wheel. Like I like it, but doing it in a van is a little bit hard on the back and my, my gammy old knee. Mm-hmm. But I had, good news, I had good news about my knee. So the MRI yeah. scan came back and the bone's still pinned in. So it's not going to be any major operation. I think it's just going to be damaged cartilage and okay. yeah, sit and wait on it and see how it reacts over the next year. But not going to be having my knee dislocated again for, for surgery. Or anything. Great. Yeah. Nah, no amputation. We'll hold off the amputation for, for a little bit. <laughs> Brian the Pirates, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's good. It's put a bit, a bit of uh, spring in my step, which is nice. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, on that positive note, there we go. We're ending on a positive note for once. Yeah. Yes. Let's, Happy let's, days. Uh, let's stop talking before it goes south. <laughs> <laughs> so just a reminder to everyone that uh, the next episode we'll have a guest, and unless something untoward happens and then the episode after that will be our season finale so by the beginning of november we should be wrapping up for the year are we going to spare people doing it live on instagram again or are we going to are we going to try to do but that it was it was such a slick operation last time i'm sure people <laughs> want to see that again <laughs> i don't know that anyone needs to witness or experience the live event again <laughs> yeah, all right awesome. guys oh. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Take it easy. See you later. Bye. See you. Cheers. Bye. Bye.